Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. Uh, Continuing on with our discussions on retirement planning risks and today we're going to talk about business risk. So what is business risk, Dallas? Yeah, thanks Michael. Very uh, very formal of you. (laughs) So business risk, so this refers to the risk associated with a a particular investment. So um, I guess an individual company or an individual investment um, going to zero. So um, usually this talks about if you're invested in, if you own shares in a company and that company is, is made bankrupt, your, the value of your shares becomes zero. So mm. yeah, this is, um, it sort of ties into, I think a lot of people get this one confused with market risk. So, and we've talked about this before, but so business risk is, is separate to, to volatility. So if the broader Australian share market you know, drops by 35%, that's that's not business risk. That's that's market risk. Um, that's yep. volatility. So that is an asset class dropping, uh, the price of that dropping over a period of time. Business risk refers to an individual uh, company um, within there, or you know, or a fund that you're invested into, or something like that, going to zero effectively. Mm. So yeah. So you could also think of this as under diversification risk, couldn't you? Yes. Like, because if you if you if you sum it up. Um, yeah, market risk. Yeah, if you're diversified, you're invested across yeah. a broad group of companies. That's right. Yeah. Um, the price can drop. Yeah, and it does drop. Yeah. Um, however, um, throughout history, if you're fully diversified and diversified enough, yeah, that price always tends to recover and grow to a new high. Yeah. Whereas business risk or under diversification risk, um, uh, there's plenty of stories of of individual companies that have that have gone to absolute zero yes. and never come back. That's right. And that's, you know, we, we've seen that just recently um, from, say, coronavirus as an example, where if you're invested in, in one company, for example, in the travel industry, if, if you've got all of your superannuation money invested in, in an airline, yeah. for example, um, it, it doesn't help you to know that on average, the Australian share market has dropped by 37% and then picked back up and, and recovered almost to where it was because you, you're not exposed to all those other companies. You're yes. only in your one company, which has dropped by 80% and stayed down kind of thing, or, or gone to zero. Or well, gone to zero, yeah. So I mean, um, uh, they're still sorting out the details, of course, but, but Virgin yeah. looks like that's gonna be the case. So yeah. the existing shareholders, I don't know if there was too many public shareholders yeah. of that, that no, company, but yeah. Um, yeah. but they, were, uh, they tended to be yeah. other big companies, but, but yeah. obviously Virgin's still Going to get back up and go, yeah. but the the investment that those people made in Virgin actually yeah. went to zero. Like, yes. It doesn't look yeah. like they're going yeah. to get any any money out of no, that right. out of that company. Yeah, um, and in the past has been yeah, Ansett yeah. Airlines has been another one. Well, yeah, um, OneTel, HOH. Yeah, and there's, there's there's just a few there, but there's and, been more and more. And it's interesting one with with this with business risk. What I find is that people kind of understand that 
um, you know, the, the ones that you, you hear about a lot is a little specky mining company where some, you know, some junior gold miner that they, they had some tenement that they were exploring and, and then they didn't get the geological results they wanted and they yes. burnt all their cash and exploration. They fold the door, you know, they shut the doors and go to zero. And people yeah. kind of expect small companies or even a small business, you know, they expect that a cafe or a restaurant or yeah. some small business might, might become bankrupt, go to zero. But this is something that can can impact bigger companies as well, and this is this is what touches on you know some of those names that you just listed. They were big companies. It's yes. not it's not something that is specific only to you know small cap companies or small private businesses. This is big big companies that can can over time just go to zero. This is a risk that that people need to need to look at. Yeah, look, and um, they can either go to zero or you could buy the price. Yeah. at such an inflated value yeah. because sometimes yeah. um, human beings being human beings yeah. uh, human beings can push the price up of yeah. of some of these companies on the speculation yeah. that they are going to be yeah. take over the world or yes. something like yeah. that yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can buy the price for a thousand dollars per share now it might drop back to a hundred dollars per share yeah. like 50 years before it gets from $100 yeah. a share back to $1,000 yeah. a share. So that's, yeah. that's the other side of risk there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a mentor of ours, Nick Murray, has a saying yeah. that says, um, if you're invested in something, just ask yourself, you should never have enough money in something that you can either make yeah. an absolute killing out of it or be or killed, be killed yeah. by the result. So the result yeah. of a swing either way Yes. If you have enough of your net worth in something that you could yeah. you could become a yeah. a millionaire overnight, yeah. or if you could be wiped out fully, we'll is generally not the it's not the, healthy. Yeah. It's it's gambling. Yes, it's actually gambling yeah, at that point in time. Right. Yeah, no. So and I think that's um, yeah the the other part. You know, even the a company that so you know some some companies that we've seen in, in sort of modern times, they're they're share prices are, are being bid up to a, a, a huge price relative to all their fundamentals. But even a company, um, you know, thinking back, um, General, Ele- General Electric, some, some big companies that were very sort of boring businesses that have just had competitors come in and steal their market share. So, yeah, so it, it doesn't even need to be that you paid a crazy price for it. It can even just be that some competitor has come in and done things that they were doing in a more efficient way, taken all their customers, taken all their profits, and yeah, so it's it's not, um, and and that can be the case where the share price might actually reflect the underlying um, the underlying profit that, that company is making. Mm. So, I mean, to to use an example, you know, we talk about the big banks in Australia, the big four banks. Now, the big four banks, there's nothing magic about them. There's no, no reason why the big four banks need to be the big four banks forever. So, um, you know, I've used NAB as as my <coughs> individual company example in the past. Um, so. There's nothing to say that NAB needs to stay as as as, as the big company it is. So no. yeah, they're they're making um, huge profits every year. If CBA and ANZ and, and all these other small banks just came in and, and started offering what they're offering mm. in in a better way, and they take their customers, NAB's profits are going to go down and and stay down. And that's not it, it doesn't. You know, it's not just a share price thing. It's the actual company itself is, is less valuable now than, than what it was previously. So. Yeah, look, and, and they're the type of things that can affect um, individual companies. And again, again, honing back to under-diversification, which yeah. you own one yeah. company. That's right. And 
it's NAB, for example, then yep. there's competition, there's risk from competition. Yep. There's, um, there's also legislation risk to them. So you yep. have, you have you know, yep. governments trying yep. to tax them more, yep. making super tax, uh, super profit taxes. Yep. Uh, you have anti-competition yep. Um, yep. in yep. Australia as well, yep. like in most westernized world. So yep. we can't, you know, yep. if, you, if NAB tried to buy a smaller bank, they'd probably be blocked through anti-competition yep. um, rules and things like that. So, so you've got all these other things that um, you've got all these forces that, that and you, you've got you know mismanagement. You've got yeah. like apathetic management yeah. that can get into place. You've got um, you know all these different. And things. that's a good point. Is kind of you know the, what's the saying of uh, a famous author? Of every every happy every happy family is the same. Every unhappy family is unhappy in their own way. <laughs> there's any number of like a successful company. You know, normally follows a bit of a procedure of. That, yeah, that's they've been successful at something. That's how they've grown. Yeah. There are many, many different ways that an individual company can can go to zero or become yeah. worth a lot less. So, and that's I think the the the, the phrase that you hear the, the the one that sort of scares me a bit with this is when people talk about blue chip companies. Yeah. You know, and so someone who's got all of their retirement savings invested in NAB shares might feel completely confident because they go, oh, "It's a blue chip company. It's mm. you know this big case. It's been around for a hundred years." There's nothing magic about that. It, it's it is it is at the moment a blue chip company. Yeah. But if you're planning on uh, investing for for you know the next 30, 40 years, there's no reason that NAB has to necessarily be a valuable company in, in 30, 40 years time. Mm. So yeah, in that case, as you touched on before, the big thing we're talking about here is 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 being under diversified. So if you have all of your retirement savings in NAB shares, you're running a huge risk of something going wrong with that company or the legislative environment that it's in or competitors from overseas coming and cutting its lunch or something like that. If you own shares in NAB, CBA, Suncorp, ANZ, plus uh, a heap of overseas companies that, that might come and be their competitor, it really doesn't matter who, who makes that profit. It doesn't matter where I then go and do my banking next week. I'm still going to, as the shareholder, I'm going to get some of that profit. Absolutely, and look, with business risk, one of the things that stands out for me is that this is truly one of the risks that um, you can just get rid of yeah. by diversifying. Yep. So we so, talk, so you, yeah, you, you say all the time before, um, you, you can generally not shift risk. So you can't get rid of risk, you know, and shift it from one element to the other. But with well, business risk, you can actually... Well, what you're, what you're shifting it into here, and that's kind of what you touched on, is yeah. that you're, you're normally shifting away... So you, what you're giving up is that you can't make a killing. Yeah. You, you can't be killed. You, by being more diversified, it means that your portfolio isn't going to double in six months' time. No. So you have to give that up and accept that and go, well, I'm, this is not, I'm not going to put my retirement savings in something that can double in six months or 12 months' time. Mm. However, by doing that, I'm also trading away the risk that, that, my, that my savings will go to zero uh, or that it will go down and stay down because this one business hasn't performed as well as what I would have liked. So. Yeah, and and we and and when you're truly diversified, and it's so easy to diversify yeah. now with yeah. the investment styles, you can yeah. you know um, essentially just go out of there and buy yeah. a big index fund yeah. that yeah. spreads your money across yeah. say the largest fifteen hundred companies in the world. Um, to to give you an example, yeah. not a recommendation. <laughs> Mate, ASIC's not listening. No but an is. example <laughs> um, for yeah, um, relatively low cost. So yes. you you you're 
you you really are making that deal then you, you you're getting rid of a business risk and you're actually it flips over then to volatility so yes. you're talking about yeah. volatility yeah. then because that, yeah that, and that's a great point isn't the, it? the 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 ups and downs then yeah of um being invested into all of the big companies and yeah. being diversified uh is is less about um that going to zero and and more about okay it'll be volatile it'll drop but yeah. every you know single time throughout history yeah over a period on of time, average, it's, yeah. it's recovered yep. and grown to a new Yeah, and, and this is actually a conversation I had on the weekend with someone. Um, talk, they were talking about, you know, um, they were interested in, in just setting up a little investment and, and they'd said about how, and they, I think, I can't remember exactly how they worded it, but they basically said, I thought that, because I said, well, you, you know, you can just set up a, a little index fund or a raise investment or any of these sorts mm-hmm. of little managed funds that for next to nothing, Nowadays, mm. you can be spread out across a whole range of the top companies in Australia, mm. around the world. And they sort of said, "Oh well, I thought to be invested in shares, you you had to be, you know, picking and choosing and trying to decide which company is going to outperform the other and yeah. how that's all going to work." And that's a, this this is one of those risks that we just think it's not worth playing the game. It's not no. worth trying to. If if you're relying on um, if you're relying on your, in your, your investment <coughs> returns to, or you're relying on your retirement savings doubling in the next year as your way to get where you need to be, there's something wrong with your plan. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's many other ways that you, any other things that you need to look at. The only, the only way to try and juice up those returns and to try and you know, make a killing is to run the risk of being killed. And, yeah. and for most, of it, most people are listening to this, you know, if you've got half a million dollars in super, a million dollars in super, and that's it, that's your retirement savings. You just, you just can't afford to, you can't afford to go, well, I want that to double in a year's time, but no. it might also go to zero. Yes. It's just not how it works. That's so, right. Yeah. And this, this sort of ties into um, a, a recent podcast about you know, investing in, in direct shares in one company. It's like a day of the races where you go, hmm. if you really want to buy shares in just one company, what we'd recommend you do is have your five hundred thousand dollars in super spread out across you know, the top companies in Australia and around the world, and have twenty thousand dollars in a Comsec account and just mm-hmm. go mad and buy whatever little specky mining companies you want, knowing full well that you might lose that money. So only take on this risk with money that you are happy to actually lose completely. Yeah, and it's, and it's again a good example there, isn't it? Where if you got if you got less than ten percent of your investable net worth, for yeah. example, yeah. in that in that one speculative company, yeah, it's unlikely that if that went to zero, you'd be yeah. completely wiped out. You wouldn't be because That's you right. have yeah. you know, ninety percent of your yeah. your wealth still there. Yeah. Um, obviously, if if that money then that you invested in that. Uh, you know, doubled overnight, mm-hmm. you wouldn't make an absolute killing out of that either, yeah. because you would, you know, um, you, you'd make yeah. 100% return on 10% of your yes. of your net worth. Right. Yeah. So it is that deal that you make yeah. Um, yeah. with yourself that you can't make it an absolute killing, but you can't get killed. I think the the other one that I just wanted to touch on before we wrap this one up is about. So we've talked only about um, investing in companies. Um, yeah. This is also, I mean, you, you wouldn't call it business risk, but essentially this happens in property all the time. People always want to buy the next door house to their house. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because that can't go to zero yeah. necessarily, but it can languish for a long time. For a long time, and it can yeah. drop for a long time. So people, yeah. we find that people are very often un, under diversified in their, their property with their, with with 
um, the money that they tie up in property because yeah. you're right, Dallas. They yeah. they own a house in a street yeah. and then they buy a house, an investment house or a rental house around them. Yeah. And they buy another one in the next suburb. Yeah. Um, and, and, that's, and they're in the one market. Yes. They're, the one, they're, yeah. they're exposed to that yeah. that city's economy. Yes. Um, and, and if you... I mean, there are... Even within other asset classes, you know, property, for example, there are ways to minimise this this type of risk. So there's, you know, uh, REITs or real estate investment trusts that you can you can buy mm. basically fractional ownership of a portfolio of properties across mm. all around Australia, all around the world, if you wanted to, mm. <coughs> and that is a way to to basically get rid of that as well. And that's this is something that with people's, as you're just saying. We see this a lot, that under-diversification in money people have tied up in property, and mm. especially because it's geared up, particularly dangerous. So, you know, it is. someone who's got three houses, in, three houses in Townsville, for example, and they might only have, you know, they might have $400,000 or $300,000 worth of equity in that, but they might have $700,000 worth of debt. So they've got a million dollars that is just exposed to property prices in Townsville. And so... Even if over the next 20 years, if, if they went, okay, well, property prices around Australia have, have grown three or four or five percent. Yeah. If you're in the wrong location, it, that doesn't help you. The same thing applies as, as with your companies. So yeah, we've, we've seen many people that are actually upside down. Yeah. And we, 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 yeah. when they've actually borrowed to buy yeah. property number one, two, and three yes. in that one city, yeah. um, and then the prices have dropped yeah. since then, and if they looked at the sale, the saleability of those properties right now, yeah, um, it's less than what the debt is that they have on that. So their actual equities disappeared yeah. and gone backwards. Yeah, like if they sold and got out, yeah. then 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 um, yeah, they wouldn't have enough to, to actually pay out the loan. So it is That's in that in that case, yeah, um, it's the it's the debt that's associated with it because yeah. people tend to buy property with yeah. debt because yeah. you, it's yeah. hard to save yes. half a million dollars to yeah. buy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so it's the debt that they've introduced there yeah. has actually in effect made that go to zero yeah. because it's magnified the, the, yeah. the, the drop that they've well, had. Well, this is, it's sort of a part of this that we touched on in our, our recent podcast about, you know, you want the highest likelihood of, of enough, not not a possibility of a huge amount. So if you've got, you know, if you've got three properties in one city, and, and they're all within two streets of each other, then there there is a chance that the the, the values of those will double in seven years or something mm. like that. Like that is a possibility if everything goes right. But but there's also a, pro- a possibility that, as you just said, if if property prices in that exact location go down, you're really exposed to just one location, to just one sort of one sort yeah. of thing there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's I guess this is the overarching thing is that you know we refer to it as business risk when we're talking about companies, but but under diversification risk is, is the big one. It's probably the overarching theme that that you, that you touched on there that we really we look at that for all of our clients is is that. As you said, because it's generally something that you can trade away for something that most people don't want, if that makes sense. Mm. So, as you just said, you, you can give up you can give up the chance to double your retirement savings in five years. Most yeah. people aren't too with that. They just don't want it. They don't want to make a killing, but they don't want to be killed. So, no. we can set up that uh, set up the way that you're invested so that you are you are trading away that possibility of huge returns mm. for a much higher likelihood of, of I guess average returns. Yeah. Good place to wrap up. Thanks for listening. 
Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.